Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Well, Happy New Year's, guys. It's awesome. We, we turned the year, and I'm so excited all of you are here for our guests. Welcome to Believer's Church, and for all of our regulars, uh, welcome back, and I'm excited about this new year because I believe every year can be a year that's incredibly impacting in our lives if we just simply connect with God. And I have this uh, series that I'm beginning today. It's titled Before and After. And all of us love to see before and after shots of of different people. And uh, we're going to talk about five different things and five different lessons that we can bring into our life and we can drastically change our after picture from our before picture. And I thought I'd give you a visual uh, with something that I'm familiar with, I grew up with, and being around. And uh, it has to do with uh, steroids and uh, growth hormones, and they call them many different things. And um, uh, my brother Tony and I used to own a gym, and we had a lot of guys there that were, we used to call it the juice. They were on the juice. And it was amazing the drastic change that would happen in their life by simply adding one ingredient into their life. Of course, they had to work out and do those things, but they had ingredients that people that worked out did not have because they added this substance called the juice. And we'll talk about some spiritual juices, but I just thought we'd have a little fun. This, this first picture that's coming up behind me, this is an Egyptian guy. His name's Nasser Sambadi. And on, on your left, you, you see his before. He's just a normal guy, you know, and, and, then, and then he hawks out, right? And uh, what you see on the right is not normal. It looks like someone had a tire pump and pumped up his muscles. That's because he took some juice. And just bringing that juice into his life made a drastic change. This next one is somebody most of us know here. Uh, This is Barry Bonds. And uh, you see him on the left. That's when he was a rookie for Pittsburgh, the Pirates. And and then you see him on the right after he did some juice. And there's controversy, you know, whether he did it or not. But anyone that understands the juice knows he did the juice. And that's, that's 40 home runs a year, Barry Bonds, and, and uh, a lot different than the rookie year, uh, Barry Bonds. And th- this next person, all of us know, and I love some of his movies. This is Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. And you see him on the left. He's still a big guy on the left, but then he has some juice. And he said, I'm going to compete with Arnold. I want to make Arnold look small. And, and, and he balked out, and he became really big. What happened? An encounter with one substance caused him to change drastically. And that's what God wants to do in each and every one of our lives with the spiritual substance. Now, this next guy, I don't have a before, but take a look at his after. Uh, This is Jay Cutler, three-time Mr. Olympia. And it looks like he took three doses of the juice. He just juiced, juiced, and he overjuiced. And I'm not a woman, but I don't think that's attractive. And and, uh, it's just crazy. He doesn't look human. But, But what happened? He came in contact with the juice. And here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about us coming in contact with something really cool. And we'll do it throughout this series, different things. But today, I want to talk about everybody's favorite subject. You guys, when you hear it, you're going to say, I'm so glad I just drug myself out of bed and I got in church today. We're going to talk about this thing called fasting, F-A-S-T-I-N-G. Don't scream, don't shout. I I, want to keep preaching. I don't want to slow down. But 
it's this wonderful thing called fasting. And I'll never forget years ago, uh, one of my buddies told me he was on a liquid fast, and it was spiritual. It wasn't physical. It was a spiritual. He said, I'm doing a liquid fast. And, and I said, that's awesome. And I ran into him two days later, and he had, a, he had a, a large McDonald's vanilla milkshake in his hand. I said, did you end your fast? He goes, no. He, he said, I'm still fasting. I said, but you're drinking a milkshake. He said, but it's liquid. I said, but it's melted ice cream, not really liquid. And uh, he argued, and he did his fast on, on milkshakes. And uh, not sure if that's the healthiest way uh, to do a fast. Now, uh, what I want to try to do first is just talk about a problem I hope to solve today. This is a problem that existed and still exists in Christianity, whether it's Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox. It's a mentality about fasting that I hope to change in this lesson today and hope to bring life to you concerning this subject called fasting. And what, what I want to help you see, and this is the problem, that most people think fasting is all about giving something up so God will do something. In other words, God, if I give this up, I'm kind of bribing you for you to do this. And it's kind of getting God to do something by giving something up. So as most of you know, I grew up Catholic and learned so many incredible things uh, as I grew up. And we had what was called Lent. And Lent ended at Easter. It began on Ash Wednesday. It was 40 days. And so during Lent, uh, they encouraged you to give something up. And my parents really, they wanted all of us to give something up. So, you know, one year I gave up my favorite cookie, uh, which is oatmeal cookies. But I ate a lot of chocolate chip cookies. And, and I didn't consider graham crackers cookies, so I had a lot of graham crackers too. Um, and, and so I really didn't suffer. You, you get the idea. But, but I thought, you know, God just wants me to give something up. And I didn't really pray at that time in my life. I'm talking junior high, you know, in those years. But one year I wanted something really, really bad. Uh, there was this girl, and I wanted to ask her out. And I didn't think she'd say yes. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Lent's coming up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast. And I thought, what can I give up that would really hurt? So what I gave up is my favorite TV show. It was a weekly TV show. And for all the young people here, this is not only before DVRs, this is before VCRs and those big VHS. It, it, there was no way to record TV at that time, so if you missed it live, you missed it. Can you imagine watching TV and not being able to forward to commercials? That, that was, th those were hard days. And, and so <laughs> now I just think I never watch commercial anymore. And, and, uh, but, but here we go, here we go. I thought I'll give up my favorite show, and I was so faithful during Lent, however many weeks that was for my show, I, I didn't cheat, I didn't watch it, and, and I knew I'd never be able to see it for years till they put the reruns on, but I said, God, here's, here's what I'm asking. I want her to say yes, and so I did it, I did it. So then Lent ended, and, 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 and I was nervous, but I thought, you know what, I gave something up, God's going to move, and uh, that's what I was taught. So I remember asking her out, and then I remember her answer, she said no, and uh, I, and then I didn't fast for a long time. I just said, that this fasting stuff doesn't work. But I think in all of our lives, uh, we have to make sure we understand what fasting is and what it is. And it's not about giving something up to, to move God. Here's what I want to help walk you, ha have you walk out and understand better than you've ever understood in your life. Some of you know this, but I want to help you understand it even better. For others, it's a new concept. And it goes like this. Fasting creates a crisis, bringing us to our knees so God can bring us what we need. And there's three parts in here. The guys are going to keep this up behind me because I just want to take a moment and talk about it. Fasting creates a crisis. 
The whole idea of fasting is to create a crisis. Can all of us agree that when we have a crisis, we, we, we pray? I don't care who you are. When your whole life falls apart, don't, don't you say, you somehow pray, God help me, God do this, God do that. We pray when there's a crisis. Purpose of fasting is to create a, a crisis. So this year I'm asking, how, how should I water fast and, and, you know, what should I do? So, and I'll talk today about water fasting a little bit. That, that doesn't mean fast water. It means no food, only have water. And it's just water only. And so I was thinking, how can I do my year compared to how I did it last year? So I decided that uh, every Saturday I'm, I'm going to water fast. So I, I ate my last meal Friday at 5.30 and then I water fasted all day Saturday. And... Um, I'll tell you what, it created a crisis. Coming off the holidays, you know, with coming off of sweets and, and eating bad, I mean, yesterday was a terrible day. I had a crisis yesterday. So I have, I have a terrible headache. I'm starving. My head's saying, screaming, eat, eat, eat. But the worst part of yesterday, I was cold like a lady. I mean, I was, I, I, it's like I was a woman. I was so cold. And, and uh, I was just freezing. I stood up here last night and, and I just, I was teaching and I was just like wanting to shiver. I was so cold. And that's because there's just nothing in your body at all. There's no heat being generated. That's a crisis, all right? That's what a crisis is. So when you, you fast, it's meant to cause a crisis. But the reason you have a crisis is to bring you to your knees. And that's referring to spending time with God and praying and God becoming the answer to your crisis. And, and I'll talk about how we try to substitute that sometimes in, in, as I go on in this lesson. Uh, for some of you that can't uh, do a strict fast, I'll give you something you can do that will create a crisis too. So we'll have a little fun. I'll show you how to create a crisis in your life if you can't, if you can't food fast. And the whole idea is to bring us to our knees. Why? We begin to saturate things with prayer. And as we saturate things with prayer... That's what releases God to do incredible things in our life. If fasting was all about, I give something up, God does something, uh, then it just wouldn't fit the, the Bible and how the Bible teaches it. Um, here's, here's a literal Bible definition of, of fasting. It goes like this. Fasting is a voluntary abstinence from food that creates a personal crisis that we solve by spending more time with God. So if you're here and you say, man, Pastor Joe, I've never fasted, let alone water fasted, because uh, I want to I let you know up front, I'm recruiting today. I recruited in every service, and you know what I'm recruiting for? You have them on your seats. I'm recruiting and encouraging you to come be a part of our Wednesday nights and to water fast on Wednesdays, and I'll talk about how that can look in your life in a little bit, but I'm literally recruiting. I'm asking you to do something you've never done before for some of you, and you might think, I can't do that. Listen. I stand before you as someone that loves food. And if I can water fast, anyone in this room can water fast. It's something that you can do. You may have never done it. It may be a bold step. But my heart is to help you understand why. So here's what I want to do right now. I want to help you think about if you were to water fast, what would you put on the list? What would you go to God and say, this is what I'm believing for? Because I did that last January. and Gina had a list. I had a list. And I had these things on my list, and I said, God, these are things I'm really going to soak in prayer, and I'm going to fast over because they need to change. 
and, and, and that's what I want you to think about. What, what could that be in your life? So I want to help you out a little bit and just talk about what fasting's meant to do. And the first thing is it's, it's meant to help you focus on impasses in your life. Uh, all of us have impasses in our life. We, we have these barriers. We're stuck in some areas where we, we just need God to do something to shake it loose. And I just have some, some uh, topics underneath this to help you think. So the first one is uh, sometimes we have a circumstance that must change, right? We just, there's circumstance that's negative, it's been around forever, we're tired of it. So what's a great way to help that happen, surpass that? It's, it's the water fast. How about this, a, ma a battle that must end. Some of you have been fighting certain things forever and you're tired of it. Water fasting is created to help you put that to rest. Third one is a choice that must be made and can you all agree? Peace, brothers. Can, can we all agree that sometimes there's a fork in the road, right? You don't know, do I go right? Do I go left? Which way do I go? It's amazing. Water fasting will make you so sensitive to, to hear and know what God wants you to do. And, and, I'll, sh and I'll talk about that a little more in a moment. Here's, here's the next one. A spiritual breakthrough you must have. And some of you may be here just feeling yucky spiritually. You, you, you feel like, I just, I need to have a change in my life spiritually. I, I need to get some God juice, and I just really need to see this thing change. Fasting's designed to do that. The last one applies to all of us under this category, a loved one who must change. Every one of us in this room has somebody we love that we want to see a change in their life, right? Uh, maybe they're not a Christian. We want them to become a Christian. That's a great thing to water fast. So maybe they are a Christian, but maybe they're going through the toughest time in their life, and if you could change places with them, you know, if it's your kids or your parents or siblings, if you could change places with them, you would, but you can't. But you know what you could do? You could, you, could, you could fast and pray and let God do some incredible things in their lives. So here's the next one. Fasting is meant to produce spiritual hunger and sensitivity. And I can tell you that it does that. It causes you to become more hungry for God and it produces this sensitivity. So when you know, need to know which way to go, it just becomes very clear as you take that time and you fast. You know what else it does is it changes us, guys. And it's amazing. Sometimes I go into water fast thinking God needs to do something. And before I'm done, I realize, no, I have to do something. I need to change the way I look at this. I need to change an attitude. It changes us and grows us spiritually. Here's the last one. It propels us towards God so we can PRW. Some of you know what that is. Some of you don't. PRW stands for pray, read, of course, your Bible, and worship. And that's what you and I want to do while we're fasting. And here's, here's what happens. I, I did this for years. I didn't understand it. I want to help you understand it. For years, I, I would fast, sometimes water fast, sometimes just restrict a lot of food, which caused a crisis. And, and then I would fill the crisis with media. <laughs> and so I was able to distract myself and fill that crisis with media. Could have been playing games on my smartphone or my pad or, you know, going to Facebook and just hanging out there or watching TV or going to movies or watching Netflix or Amazon Prime, whatever it is, just distracting myself with media. And, and I did that for a long time. And because I'm thinking just fasting is what's moving God, right? And I always pray. I, I pray. But then I realized, you know what? The reason we fast is to add more prayer 
more reading and more worship during that time in our life. And it doesn't have to be long. It can be one day. But it's all about saying, I'm dedicating this day. I'm going to fast. I'm going to create a crisis. And I'm going to spend more time with God. For some of you that can't food fast, here's the way you create a a, a crisis in your life. Do a media fast. Uh, For some of you, that will be more difficult. You'd say, I'd rather give up food than get off of media. And try to do that and see how tough it is. Last night, as I said, I fasted, you know, Saturday. And I went home. And it's like 6.30. And I'm home. And, and I wanted to go to sleep just to get out of my misery, but um, I, I thought if I go to sleep, I'm going to be up at 3 in the morning. And so I tried to stay up. I put worship music on, but I wanted to turn that TV on so bad because that would distract me. And I thought if I could just turn the TV on, then I thought maybe I could play a game on my iPhone, you know, and, and, and just have some fun with my phone. But then I said, you know what? Fasting creates a crisis bringing me to my knees. I need to, I need to take some PRW time with God. My mind didn't want to. My mind wanted to relieve itself with some kind of media, but guess what? I sat down, and I just put some worship music on, and I thought, you know what? I prayed a lot today, but I'm going to pray a little bit more, and I just, I just worshiped, and I prayed. I fell asleep. Unfortunately, I fell asleep for an hour, and then I woke up, and I was up till four in the morning, and, uh, and, and so I had a lot of time to PRW last night, and uh, probably will take a nap today, uh, and uh, you know I'm a Browns fan, right, guys? You know I'm a big Browns fan, but, but uh, they're probably going to get killed today. Um, we don't have our quarterback, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not that he would have won either, so, uh, but we're rebuilding. We're going to be better. Uh, I, I may just fast for the Browns. Who knows what I'm going to do? I'll fast Fridays for the Browns. All right, let's go. Here, here's the bottom line. The idea when fasting is to fill your crisis with Christ. I mean, that's, that's the idea. So, you know, some of us think we have to fast for 21 days or seven days. And if you want to do that, that's great. You know, that's okay. But just think if you said, I'm going to have four radical Wednesdays. And I'm going to water fast for the first time. If you're able to do it, I'm going to water fast and and I'm going to PRW. Now, Saturdays, I'm in my office all day. So that's a different kind of day. And so I I don't have to do administrative work. I'm just praying and going over my message and things like that. But I'm going to fast Wednesdays in January on top of Saturdays. And I have to work on Wednesdays. So I'm in here administrative work. I'm in here with meetings. So that's probably how most of your lives are, right? If you're going to water fast on Wednesday. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm simply going to PRW instead of breakfast, PRW instead of lunch, PRW instead of, uh, instead of dinner. And then I'm going to come out here at 7 and PRW some more. And then I'm going to want to go home and turn the TV on, but I'm not going to. I'm going to PRW till I fall asleep. And, and that's one day. And then Thursday I can get up and, and I, I sow this incredible day into God and into this list that I have. And I just want to encourage you to do the same thing. Now, I just thought it'd be good to talk about this for a moment. When one time prayer isn't enough, and sometimes we think we can just pray one time and, and that does it. And here's why, Mark eleven twenty four. it's great scripture. Therefore, Jesus said, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. And as you study this, you realize, man, if we can expect something from God, we can, we can have our prayers answered. And you know what? That's 100% true. I believe in it. I practice it. But there's some things that need different type of prayer. Some things, if you're going to change a man, they, they need you to saturate them in prayer. And that's what fasting's all about. Get a hold of this. Uh, 
Jesus said in Mark 9, 20, he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. That's a remarkable statement. Comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, let me give you the background on this. Jesus went up into the mount. We call it the Mount of Transfiguration. And he was with three of his disciples. And all that happened up there. It was miraculous. Down on the ground, he had nine of his disciples. And this guy comes up to the nine disciples. And he says, hey, I have a son. He's demon-possessed. And this demon throws him into fire and water. If he gets near fire, he convulses and he's thrown in there. If he gets near water, he convulses. And this demon was trying to kill this kid. And he said to the disciples, you're disciples of Jesus. Set my son free. And, and they prayed, they did their believe, they receive, and all that stuff. Nothing happened. Disciples were frustrated, the man was frustrated. So Jesus later comes down out of the mountain. And this guy goes running to Jesus and says, your disciples prayed, they didn't do it, nothing happened. And so Jesus made a statement. He said, oh, you have little faith. Then Jesus said this. He said, come out, and it came out. It was just like that. So the disciples are like upset. So they come to Jesus, and here's what they say. They say, why couldn't we do it? Isn't that a great question? Why couldn't we do it? And you know his answer? It's the verse we just read. Here's his answer. He said, some things only come out by prayer and fasting. There's the answer. There's some things that need to be soaked in prayer. Now, Jesus, not only was he Jesus, Jesus had a practice where he prayed every morning. He'd get up early, 5 a.m. or whatever, and he'd go pray somewhere, and he needed to. He was Jesus, right? He needed to prepare himself for ministry. But he'd get up every morning, and he'd pray. So when he ran into this major problem, he was already, he already saturated his day in prayer with fasting and prayer. It was already saturated. But I love what he's saying here. Now, some manuscripts only say prayer. Some say prayer and fasting. So some of you may have a Bible where it just says prayer. And, you know, they had to choose. The, the translators had to say, which manuscript are we going to take this, this verse? And that happens every once in a while in the Bible. And I believe fasting was the right choice because they already prayed. So, you know, they prayed. Jesus here is talking about that soaking prayer with fasting. And, guys, it will change your lives if you do it. Listen to this. This is Matthew 6, 17, and 18. It says, but when you fast, perfume your head, wash your face. I did that this morning. So that your fasting may not be noticed by men, but by your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret, I love this will reward you in the open. Jesus talks about giving in the verses here and says, don't give to be seen of men. And then he talks about prayer. He says, don't pray to be seen of men. And he talks about fasting. Don't fast to be seen of men. Jesus is dealing with an attitude in our heart. He says, the attitude in our heart has to be, we're doing this before God, not people. But that doesn't mean you can't come out to corporate prayer. It doesn't mean I can't use examples of myself fasting when I teach. No, it's all about our attitude. And Jesus said, don't say you do things so everybody thinks you're spiritual, right? So you don't want to come out and say, I'm doing this because I'm spiritual. But it's okay for you to do corporate. It's okay for me to talk about it in a message. Obviously, the Bible's full of corporate fast. We're going to look at one in a moment that was incredible. But I like what Jensen Franklin says. Fasting is a short season, season that releases long-term rewards. So last year, Gina had a list. I had a list, and last year I did that extended fast. I did an 11-day water fast last year, and I wanted to do 21, but at 11 days, my body just starts shaking, and I was super weak, so I realized my electrolytes were probably out of order, so I ate, ate two small bananas, and I was fine in a couple minutes, but 
I went 11 days and I PRW'd and I prayed and I had this list and I just went, kept going over that list and praying in my prayer time and it was amazing at the rewards. I'm still, I'm still partaking of the rewards that came from that. My wife could stand up and tell you stories. It's amazing. People in the church can tell you stories and that's why I'm encouraging you to fast because it's absolutely miraculous. So I do want to share a story with you. I love this story. This is one of the best in the Bible on fasting. It has to do with King Xerxes. He was the king of Persia. So for all of us that have had history classes at one time or another, uh, he was not a good king. But the Persian Empire was huge. Right now, the Persian Empire is Iran and Iraq. But back then, they covered the known world, and they controlled the known world. So Xerxes is the king, and, and then he has this queen, and his queen disappointed him. So what his queen did was she refused to come to his chambers. He was upset, so he banished her from the kingdom. Now he's queenless. So he decided to have a Cinderella kind of ball and pick a new queen. So in the kingdom, there's the Jewish people. They, they were taken captive, and they were like other nations. They were captive in Babylon. And in, in this Jewish nation, there was a man named Mordecai. There was a girl uh, whose name was Esther. Mordecai was her cousin, but he was older. Her parents died. He raised her, and they were very close. And so he begins to look for a new queen, and he sees Esther, and he says, I got to have her. And uh, so he goes after Esther. He makes this Jewish girl, teenager, he makes her his queen. And that's, that's amazing. He doesn't know she's Jewish, but she becomes the queen, Xerxes' queen, the queen of Persia. And Mordecai, he's interacting and doing things. And there was this other guy named Haman. Haman was the comptroller of Persia. He ran Persia. He was second in command. And he did not like Mordecai. He hated the Jews. And so he told Mordecai, bow down to me. And Mordecai said, I bow down to no one but God. And so uh, Haman said, We're, you're going to be executed. He set an execution date. So the date set it for Mordecai to be executed. And then Mordecai overhears a plot that Haman has to exterminate the Jewish race. Can you imagine that? They were going to kill every Jew and exterminate them all. So Mordecai is concerned. So what does he do? He goes to his cousin, Esther, who's the queen. He says, you got to help us, Esther. Uh, you got to go to the king. You got to help. And she said, listen, the date for you to be executed is here. She goes, I'm not allowed to walk into the king's throne room unless he summons me. No one's allowed in his throne room unless he summons. And if I walk in without being summoned, I'll be put to death. And Mordecai is saying, but the whole Jewish nation's going to be put to death. I'm going to be put to death. And he said, you were born for such a time as this. And she said, well, there's one hope. She says, if I walk in and he holds forth his golden scepter, that means that he forgives me for interrupting him and I'll have an audience with him. So she said, let me think about it. I'm not sure if I can do this. So she thinks about it for a couple days. And then here's what she, here's what she said. Esther 4.15. This is what she concluded. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days. So they didn't even do water. Can you imagine that? Night or day. And I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done... I will go to the king, even though 
It's against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out Esther's instructions. So here it is. Three days, no water, no food. Esther had to be so nervous. I, I bet they were crying their hearts out because extermination of their people, Mordecai being put to death, Esther may be put to death. They were praying. They had a crisis, but they created another crisis, and they soaked it with prayer. So three days are up. She walks into Xerxes' throne room, and he looks at her, and she looks at him, and had to be, could you imagine, couple, even a couple seconds had to seem like an eternity, you know, and she's looking at that golden scepter, and he holds his golden scepter out like this. He said, come up to my throne. I don't know, I don't know how he said it, but something like that. So <laughs> she comes up to the throne. <laughs> and so you got to use your imagination. So, so he comes up to the throne, or she comes up to the throne, and she tells him about what Haman is plotting, and he becomes irate. So think about the before picture, extermination of the Jews, death to Mordecai, possible death to Esther. Think about that. So she tells him about the plot. He's so mad that he has Haman executed, has all of his sons executed, and then he takes Mordecai and he puts him in Haman's position. So now this Jewish guy who's a captive, he becomes second in command in the Persian nation. Now that's pretty cool after picture, but it gets better. You know what else he did? I mean, their prayer time was miraculous. He decided to take the Jewish nation and the people, and he put them on a favored status, and he elevated them above all other people, and he said, they're going to have favor in my kingdom. So guess what happened? They were so favored by Xerxes that Persians began to convert to Judaism because they wanted the same treatment that the Jews had. Now, how many of you can agree the after picture is shockingly different than the before picture? And here's all I want to encourage you with. I believe God wants to do some of that for some of us in this room. He wants to change situations, circumstances, and things in your life. And all of it was done with this one substance called fasting. So you might ask some questions. So I want to help you answer some questions, all right? Here, here's here's um, some questions. You might ask, how can I create a crisis? What am I going to do to create a crisis? And what will I fill it with? And so... Uh, I think all of us should do this, but for those of you that can't fast food for physical reasons, a media crisis. And, and you know, whatever you say, whether it's Wednesdays or it's an extended time, I'm not going to watch any media, but I'm going to replace it with uh, PRW, some prayer, some reading of the Bible, and some worship. Whether you do it one day, you do it two days, whatever, and you do that each week in January, it will change everything as you do it. And then, of course, food crisis. And I can't tell you how many people walked out of first service saying, I'm water fasting with you on Wednesday. I've never done it, but I'm going to do it. So some of you may say, I, I, I'm going to join Pastor Joe. I'm going to be here on Wednesdays at 7. I'm going to create that food crisis. And let's watch the spectacular things that God is going to do. I want to bring hope to you as we just close this subject out. Now, here's another question. How long will you go? That's a good question, right? So I think this is what I believe. I believe it's better to create a crisis for one day than giving things up for multiple days. In other words, the give it up mentality. What if you created a crisis for one day, and most of you will be working, but breakfast, lunch, dinner, PRW, come here at night, and then you go home at night when all of us want to just say, all right, I'm exhausted from fasting, put on some worship music, and you just whatever, lay in your bed, whatever you do,
and you say, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to worship a little, I'm going to pray a little more, think about what God can do. It will be spectacular. And then I thought this was interesting. I want to close with this. The most common Bible fast, guys, the most common one was one day. That's the most common fast mentioned in the Bible. But think about a radical day all the Wednesdays in January. It, it will change your life forever. And then the next one is just a, a three-day fast. Those are the most common fasts. One is first, three is second. So here's where we're closing, all right? What is it in your life that you're not happy with? What is it in the life of a loved one that you're not happy with that you want to see a change? Here's what we can do. Let's make a list. If we, can't, if we work on Wednesday nights or we're out of town, you can still join us wherever you're at or you can do it at a different time. But if you can be here, come on out. We're going to worship. And if you're not given to prayer, you don't know how to pray, we make it so simple. We're going to have a little message on prayer and then you'll have worship going on while we pray and you'll have some bullet points on what to pray for and then you pray over your list. It's just really simple. And we're going to just have an incredible time. And I believe we're going to see some changes like never before because our after picture is going to be way different than our before picture. So I trust I made sense today. Can we close our eyes? Can we bow our heads? Let's have a little bit of an attitude of prayer here. Let's pray a little bit. Lord, I did my best. I realize for some, man, I'm introducing something radical into their life. And Lord, that's cool. Uh, I thank you for working with what I introduced. And if not this year, Lord, I thank you that there will be a time in the future where they experience this incredible thing called fasting. But Lord, for most of us, man, we're ready to take the step. We're just ready. Lord, and we have these pamphlets on our seats. We're going to take these home. We're going to read them. Lord, we're going to make a commitment for you and sign them. And we're just going to sign that and put it on whatever altar we have at home. We're just going to put it on that altar and say, I'm committing to this, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for speaking to hearts and dealing with hearts. And Lord, I thank you for making us grow spiritually. And for some of us, it's really uncomfortable. But I thank you, Lord, the results had to be uncomfortable for Esther and Mordecai. But I thank you for the incredible results, Lord, that are going to happen in our lives. Guys, I'm just going to allow us to stand in attitude prayer. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Perhaps you're here today and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm not even sure if I'm going to go to heaven if I die. Or maybe you walked in and you said, I'm not even sure if there's a God. And we're so glad you're here. No matter who you are, we're, we're glad you're visiting today. And we exist to see a city connected with God. So we're excited you're here. And this is an amazing church because we can take a Christian who's been around forever and we can grow them. But at the same time, man, we can help you meet Jesus for the first time. And that's what I love about Believer's Church. If I was in the pastor, I'd come here because I just... I love what we're doing as a church. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here, say, Pastor Joe, I'm not sure of my forever. I'm not sure if God exists. Listen to me very carefully. The most incredible gift ever given was Jesus. He's God. He created everything, came into a human body. He lived to die. And they nailed him to a tree. And when they nailed him to the tree, God placed the sins of the entire world on Jesus. He died physically. They buried him. He spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. Then God raised him up out of the grave. And Jesus said this, whoever believes in me will never perish, but I'll give them eternal life. The Bible declares we can't go to heaven by our works, but it's by simply putting faith 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I don't know if I've ever heard it said that way, but man, I believe it, and I'm ready today to give my heart to Jesus, make a decision to follow him. I'm going to ask you to pray with me in just a moment. Listen very carefully. I'm not asking you to join our church or our religion. Nothing wrong with either. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you, you know, whether you've been to church or not. All that matters is, can you remember a day when you made it personal with Jesus? And if not, you say, my heart's touched. I'm ready to do that today. Let's pray right now. Everybody else in the room, would you help them pray? Just simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I make a decision to give my heart to Jesus and follow him. Now let's make it real personal. Jesus, I believe that you're the one that died for me, that was raised up out of the grave, that you're the Savior of the world. I give you my heart today and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.